Does truth exist? Because you have faith, does that make this book true? Does God exist? So when someone says there is no truth, if you apply the claim to itself, what should you say? Is that true? They don't think Christianity is true. They're talked out of it. You know why they're talked out of it? Because they've never been talked into it. Cross-examining skeptical and atheistic views. Welcome to Cross-Examine with Dr. Frank Turek. Ladies and gentlemen, what would you do if you were a professional player on a sports team who wanted to celebrate LGBTQ pride uh, in the warm-ups prior to you actually going out to play? Would you go out and wear the rainbow jersey or put the rainbow symbols on your sports gear? Well, there's a player for the Philadelphia Flyers in the National Hockey League. His name is Ivan Provorov. I hope I'm pronouncing his name properly. Uh, Just a few days ago, he boycotted the team's pride festivities. They all came out and, I guess, wore something on their jersey And they had their hockey sticks taped in the rainbow tape. And they were out there just to support the LGBTQ community uh, in this Pride Night. And here is what he said after the game, because he didn't come out for the warm-ups displaying all this Pride information. Uh, After the game, he was uh, interviewed and he said, quote, I respect everybody and I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to my religion or stay true to myself in my religion. That's all I'm going to say. And he said, I'll take hockey questions, but that's all I'm going to say. Well, uh, he took a lot of heat from people on social media for this. Of course, some people supported him quite obviously. I don't know what the exact breakdown was between support and uh, people who are upset with him. Uh, But actually, here are some of the things that were said negatively about him. One Pierre Lebrun said, but Provorov obviously does not respect everyone. If he did respect everyone, he would have taken part in the warm up and worn the pride, uh, the pride night jersey. Don't hide behind religion. Okay, that's what Pierre Lebrun said. Rachel Melanta, who apparently is some kind of sports author from Australia, said this, being LGBT plus is not a choice. Being ignorant, obnoxious, and homophobic is a choice. Ivan Provorov wasn't wearing the uniform tonight uh, and the uh, Flyers should not have let should not have let him play. Stop letting bigots hide behind their cherry picked religion. Do better. All right, let me stop right here. I can't just can't let this stuff go. Um, first of all, I might ask someone, and it does not appear that this woman Rachel Malata is actually open to reason because she's throwing actually slurs around herself, or she's throwing around um, this this kind of snarky response to what he said. But I might want to ask her, uh, first of all, what do you mean by LGBTQ is not a choice? Are you saying 
the desires aren't a choice or the behavior isn't a choice. Because, you know, there's a difference between attractions and actions. I might want to ask her, do you think that we ought to act on every desire we have? That human beings ought to just act without any restraint on any desire they have. They just ought to go with their desires and turn those desires into actions. Is that what you're saying? Because if that's what you're saying, then somebody who says, look, um, I was just born with the anti-gay gene and I don't like gay people and I want to smash them. That's what somebody could say. That desire... If translated into action, if that attraction is translated into action, that would be immoral. And yet she seems to think, by this logic anyway, if you have the desire, then the action, or if you have the attraction, then the action must be something you ought to act on. It's just a slogan, quite obviously, what she's saying here. Yes, many times our desires are not chosen, but our actions are always chosen. Attractions and actions are are two different things. And then, of course, she says, stop letting bigots. What, first of all, what does bigotry mean? When somebody calls you a bigot, what should you say? What do you mean by bigotry? I had a same-sex advocate once uh, call me a bigot. I had written the book, Correct, Not Politically Correct, How Same-Sex Marriage Hurts Everyone. By the way, I'm updating that right now, and hopefully it will be out in a few months, adding a lot more on the transgender issue. In any event, he called me a bigot. I said, what do you mean by bigotry? And he said, fear and intolerance. I said, fear and intolerance? That's not the definition of bigotry. I mean, the definition of bigotry would be having a position on an issue without being informed on that issue at all and not being open to to correction. Just being somebody who says, I've made up my mind regardless of the facts. I'm going to treat you unfairly without any reason, without any evidence. That would be a bigot. And I said to him, sir, if... uh, with, with all due respect, if anyone is a bigot in this conversation, it's you, not me, because I've written an entire book on this issue, which you haven't read. You don't even know why I hold my position. It has nothing to do with bigotry. I'm informed on the issue. That's why I don't think same-sex behavior is a good thing. But people will throw around bigots because it's much easier to, shot, to shut somebody up with a word like bigotry or a slur, which, as you know, is a logical fallacy. It's an attack on the person, an ad hominem attack. It's an attack on the person rather than an attack on any argument, rather than refuting someone's argument. Also, this entire comment and the comment from Mr. Lebrun as well, don't hide behind religion, um, assumes some sort of moral standard. What is your moral standard when you say that you ought to support LGBTQ Pride Night? And it's wrong to not support it. Who said? I mean, if there's no God, there's no right or wrong. It's just your opinion. And if there is a God, then you have to make the case that God would want to support LGBTQ Pride Night. We don't get that from any religious text, any classic religion text, religious text, whether it's the Bible, the Quran, or anything else. And obviously, I'm a Christian. I think the, the, the Bible is true. But the Quran gets some things right as well. We don't see that in natural law. Nature does not uh, show us that same-sex behavior is good and right. In fact, if everyone lived faithfully in a same-sex relationship, uh, nature itself would destroy uh, human beings. We wouldn't have any human beings left. So the natural design of the body and the complementarianism of men and women and the idea that you can only procreate, 
through men and women shows from a natural law perspective the proper sexual behavior is between men and women, not any other kind of sexual behavior. That's just the moral law, the natural law argument for this, and I'm just stating it briefly. There's a lot more to it. Yet these people who are claiming that Ivan Provorov is wrong are assuming a standard. The question is, what is that standard? Where are you getting this idea from that you think you're right and Mr. Uh, Provorov is wrong? He is just standing on what he believes is true. He says, I have to be true to myself and I have to be true to my religion. And his... Um, his coach, let me see if I can find the quote from his coach. This is actually from a Fox News article. You could probably find this elsewhere. Um, his coach, I don't know if it's in this article or another article. Uh, basically, oh, here he is. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Flyers coach, John Tortorella, explained the situation after the game. He said, quote, I think the organization has sent out a release regarding the beliefs that we have. It was really a great night, the coach says. With Provi, that's what his nickname is, he is being true to himself and his religion. This has to do with his beliefs and his religion. That is one thing I respect about Provi. He's always true to himself. So that's where we're at with that. And the coach thought it would be unfair to bench him for his beliefs. Well, at least the coach has some common sense here. Why, again... If you're for the LGBTQ Pride Night, why are you saying that Pro-V is wrong and you're right? By what moral standard? By the way, I'm wondering why any organization, uh, sports organization, has LGBTQ Pride Night. What, what is the point of that? These are hockey players. This is a sport. And it used to be that we could watch sports and come together regardless of our political or moral beliefs, even though we might have disagreements on those issues. We could come together and root for our team together or root against another team and, and, and have some unity about this. But no, we have to inject politics into everything now. And I think that's a, a discredit to, uh, to the good that can come from sports. We don't need to, to discuss these very controversial issues from the hockey rink or the football field or the baseball diamond or the basketball court or what have you. By the way, another uh, person responding to Provy's position and stance, and of course, Ivan Provorov is more than happy to, pl to play pregame dress-up when it does align with his belief system, because on November 10th, back in 2021, the Flyers had a military appreciation night, and he participated in that. Well, duh, yeah, obviously. Who would not support military appreciation night? The Philadelphia Flyers wouldn't exist unless the military had protected the freedom of a United States citizen to be secure in themselves and secure in their persons and secure in their borders in order to play a game like hockey. But LGBTQ pride has nothing to do with the ability of the Philadelphia Flyers to play a hockey game. The military does. In fact, the military and the police are the two foundational 
organizations or groups of people that make the rest of society possible. If we didn't have military and we didn't have police, we couldn't even be playing hockey or football or basketball or anything else or even do business in general. If there were no law and order, if there was no law and order, if we were continually being bombarded by criminal or military activity from enemies outside of our borders or enemies within our borders, we couldn't sustain a National Hockey League. I mean, so it's it's just a, a bad example for somebody to say, well, Provorov, he was for Military Appreciation Night, and that's that's just as critical as him or less critical than him being for LGBTQ Pride Night or the two are the same thing. They're not the same thing. I mean, have some common sense, please. Anyway, I thought it was refreshing to see somebody, and this, this man's a member of the Russian Orthodox Church, refreshing for somebody to finally stand up and say, look, no, I'm not going to bow to the woke culture. I'm going to do what's right between, uh, or I'm going to do what's right because God says this is right. I'm not going to bow to it. And I think that's refreshing. I think all Christians ought to stand on that. Our first duty is to God, not our employer, not the culture, not to people who are trying to get us to actually disobey what God wants us to do. Our first duty is to God, then to one another, then to things. God, duty, things. Now, there was a, another event that occurred uh, this week. There was a young girl out in Sanity, California, who uh, was in a YMCA, I guess a YWCA to be uh, precise. Her name is Rebecca Phillips, 17 years old. She claimed that when she was in the YWCA, the Young Woman's Christian Association bathroom after working out at that facility, that she saw a naked man in the locker room. Turns out that this naked man is what we would call a trans woman. Now, I know it's hard to keep score at home. What's the difference between a trans woman and a, and a trans man? What does all this mean? Well, the, probably the easiest way to understand this, trans woman basically means fake woman. Uh, really a man, in other words. So if you put trans in front of it, you can think of the word fake from a biological perspective. This is really a man. A trans woman is biologically a man. A trans man is biologically a woman. A trans man is a fake man. Now, I'm just trying to keep all this straight. It can be hard to do so. Anyway, this 17-year-old girl was very upset and scared when she saw this naked man in the restroom, not the restroom, the, the shower facilities of the YWCA. Now, you can Google Rebecca Phillips, Santee, California, and see her entire three-minute address to the Santee City Council, I think it was. But actually, you'll get more information if you listen to the short interview that Tucker Carlson had with her. 
and he plays a little bit of her testimony before the Santee City Council. I thought this four-minute in interview was very instructive, and you'll see that this 17-year-old young lady, Rebecca Phillips, is quite articulate. So I want to play for this, play this for you now, and then we'll discuss it. Here it is. We're going to show you a video that sums up the reality of trans activism, not the theory, not the slogans, the reality for actual people, including young people. This video called, shows a teenage girl called Rebecca speaking to the Santee City Council in California about her experience at a YMC locker room. She was taking a shower when a naked man walked in. Watch. As I was showering after my workout, I saw a naked male in the women's locker room. I immediately went back into the shower terrified and hid behind their flimsy excuse for a curtain until he was gone. As I did so, I could only think of my five-year-old sister who I bring to this gym during the summer to, to start, sorry, to enjoy their water slides. This is the YMCA where hundreds of children spend their summer afternoons in childcare camps. When I asked the YMCA management what their policy was regarding transgenders, they confirmed that the man that I saw was indeed allowed to shower wherever he pleased. As long as you are not a red flag on Megan's law, the California Sex Offender Registry, a grown male can shower alongside a teenage girl at your YMCA location here in Santee. Of course, you should be on the sex offender registry for showering with teenage girls if you're an adult man. YMCA should be ashamed of itself. Of course, it's not. They just put out a statement saying they're, quote, reviewing their four floor plans. We wanted to speak to the young woman you just saw in that video. We found her. Her name is Rebecca. And we're grateful to have her join us tonight. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you're not the only person this happened to. You're one of the only people who said anything about it. Why, why did you decide you would take the risk of speaking up about this? Well, I mean, when I addressed the city council, I didn't even know that I was being recorded. I had no idea that it was going to get this nationwide response. Um, but I just felt like it was my duty to shed light on the consequences of these policies because People need to realize that the things that we were thinking could happen are now actually happening in normal, everyday situations to normal people. Well, that's exactly... How old are you, by the way? I'm 17. It's amazing uh, that you had the courage to do this and the ability to describe it so vividly, which you did. I'm so impressed by that. What kind of response did you, you get? Yeah, well, I mean, from the media, it's largely been very positive because people are realizing that this is happening to in their neighborhoods, this is happening in their backyards, and parents and children, women are outraged by this. Um, so largely it's been a good response, and the YMCA uh, has informed me that they're going to look into changing some things, um, but they keep pointing to local policies and local laws as um, kind of an excuse as to why they have this transgender law. So we haven't seen any um, reaction to change the policy of the YMCA. They've just said that they're looking into it, but I'm, I'm excited to see what they'll do further because something practical and something tangible does need to be done here. Yeah, I doubt they'll do anything unless forced to, and I certainly hope they are. So we've been hearing yeah. that the transgender activism is empowering. Did you feel empowered as a teenage girl when a naked man walked into your, your shower room? No, not at all. Um, I, my safety, my privacy was threatened. Um, I mean, I had just been in the shower, so I'm in one of the most vulnerable positions that a girl can be in. I'm getting out, 
and and I see this man's this man's backside. So not only do I not want to see him, but I was terrified that he was going to see me. So I went right back into the shower and no, this is absolutely not empowering whatsoever. Um, in, in our efforts to cater to the rights of transgenders to express themselves, it's threatening my safety, my privacy, and also the safety and privacy of all the other women and children who are frequenting that YMCA. Bless you for saying that out loud. It's shocking that it requires bravery to say it, but we both know that it does. So thank you. Rebecca, good to yeah. see you tonight. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. It turns out that that was Rebecca Phillips, by the way, the 17-year-old uh, woman who was, uh, hey, Diego, let me let me start this section again. We'll just keep it rolling. You can cut this out, okay? Yeah. All right. That was Rebecca Phillips, the 17-year-old young lady who saw a trans woman, really a man, biological man, in the restroom. Sorry, I keep saying the restroom. I mean the showers of the YWCA there. Now, it turns out that a San Diego news crew went and figured out who this trans woman really was. His name is Christy Lynn, Christy Lynn Lily Wren Wood, 66 years old, who apparently transitioned back in 2016, according to the report. And this person implied it was unjust discrimination to keep him out of a woman's shower. Well, ladies and gentlemen, laws keeping biological men out of women's bathrooms and showers, they, that's not discrimination, not unjust discrimination. It doesn't desire, uh, or deny services to anyone. It's about public health and safety. Look, all good laws discriminate, but they discriminate against behaviors, not people. Bathroom use is a behavior, and keeping men, or trans woman, really a man, out of women's restrooms and showers is a public safety law that rightly discriminates against the behavior of a man going into a woman's restroom or shower. It discriminates against that behavior, but it doesn't discriminate against people. Now, of course, the trans community is going to say, well, we are. You're discriminating against us because that's our identity. Your identity, whatever it is in your mind, does not change what it is in reality. If you're a biological man, you can think you're a woman. You're still a biological man. And so keeping you or other people out of a restroom or a shower is not unjust discrimination. It's a matter of public health and safety. And, you know, people also claim, well, it's bigotry. Is it, is it really bigotry to protect women and children from people who could assault them physically, sexually, in a shower or a restroom? Is that really bigotry? No, it's loving and right. We shouldn't put millions of women and children at risk of heterosexual predators. I'm not even saying that this transgender person may have been a predator. Maybe he's not. But according to the law, you don't even have to look like you're a woman. You don't even have to be transgendered. You can just say you are. You could be a complete biological man wearing your man clothes and say, I feel like a woman today. I identify as a woman. And they, according to certain laws and localities in California, 
They, the YWCA, can't keep you out. You can go in there. So my question is, should we put millions of women and children at risk because there are just a few people who might feel more comfortable using a restroom that, or a shower that is part of their gender identity rather than their biological identity? I don't think so. I don't think we endanger millions to take to make one or two out of every thousand feel better about what bathroom they use. Look, if one guy is blind, we don't endanger everyone by forcing them to wear a blindfold so the blind guy feels better, right? I'm reminded of what George Orwell said. He said, in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. When you tell the truth about these issues today, about LGBTQ issues, you can be sure that the central tools of deceit which are name-calling and bullying, are going to be unleashed, unleashed on you. Uh, you're going to be smeared as a bigot. You're going to be bullied. You're going to be uh, told that you can't even speak on these issues. I mean, in America today, it's much easier to win with demo, uh, with, with demo uh, easy for me to say, to be a demagogue. It's much easier for you to call someone else a name, to call them a bigot or a phobe of some kind, it's easier to win with that than evidence. I mean, if you convince the majority that your opponents are bigots, then you automatically win, even if you're actually the bully practicing the bigotry. I'm reminded years ago there was a Seinfeld episode. I, I didn't watch all the Seinfeld episodes, but I know many people that have. In fact, it's been going around Twitter recently. That there's this, there was this Seinfeld episode many years ago. It's had to be 25 years ago, where Kramer, uh, those of you who know the series know who Kramer was, uh, he, he goes to this, this parade or this rally uh, in support of AIDS victims, and he just wants to march in it. But he goes up to a, uh, the table to register, and he registers to march in it, and they, they want to give him a ribbon. And he goes, oh, no, I don't want the ribbon. And she goes, the lady at the table goes, what, what do you mean you don't want the ribbon? He said, no, I don't wear ribbons. I don't want the ribbon. Well, aren't you against AIDS? He says, well, of course I'm against AIDS. That's why I'm marching. Well, you need to wear the ribbon then. He goes, no, I don't want to wear the ribbon. You can't make me wear the ribbon. And he starts to walk away and she goes, you get back here right now. You come back here and wear the ribbon. He goes, you know what I think you are? I think you're a ribbon bully. And then he walks away. Well, that's really, that was prophetic. That was 25 years ago. These people, many of them want to put symbolism over substance, as the great Rush Limbaugh used to say. It's symbolism over substance. They're not going to argue the substance. They, you just better be on board with their symbolism. You better show up for the, for the pride night and your hockey stick taped with the rainbow colors and you got to wear the rainbow jersey. You better show your support or else. You better not speak out against a biological man in your shower if you're a 17-year-old girl. What are you, some kind of discriminatory bigot? I mean, that's bullying, actually, to try and silence people who are literally in fear for themselves because biological men are in their shower. Look, We've pointed this out many times before in this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Opposition to harmful behavior is not bigotry. It's wise. In fact, to really love people, we often have to oppose what they do. Remember, 
Love does not require approval. In fact, quite frequently, love requires disapproval. Every parent knows that if you approve of everything your kid wants to do, you're not loving, you're unloving. You need to stand in the way of evil. And that goes with our fellow citizens as well. Just because they want to call us names, just because they want to bully us, just because they think they're on the right side of history, whatever that means, that doesn't mean they are truly right. That doesn't mean that in order to love them, we should, we should agree with them. Quite the contrary. We ought to stand in the way of what they are saying. We ought to calmly and reasonably point out the errors in their thinking. That's how you love people. As the great Thomas Sowell said, if you want to help people, you tell them the truth. If you want to help yourself, you tell them what they want to hear. Well, thankfully... People like Rebecca Phillips and Ivan Provorov have stood up and said, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you the truth because that's what love does. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to stand for the truth. If we want to love people, we've got to tell them the truth. So start doing it. Start telling people the truth because that's the way you love people. All right. It's been great being with you. Let me remind you that uh, we've got some great online courses right now. We've got uh, the new one from Stephen C. Meyer, Return of the God Hypothesis, starts February 1. You don't want to miss that. It's filling up quite quickly. So if you want to be a part of that, go to crossexamine.org, click on online courses. Also, the new course uh, that's only being run for the second time. It was just new a few months ago. For your 5th to 8th grader, it's called Let's Get Real by Shanda Fulbright. I'll be a part of that course as well. It's going to ground your young person in apologetics, Christian worldview. Check that out as well. And I hope to see you here next week. God bless.